part of this show is that I have an amazing co-host on this show and her name is Rhea Butcher and she's gonna come out right now. Let's hear for Rhea. Oh, hi. Hello. Hello. Hello, Hello. bud. Hello, pal. How are you doing back there? I'm pretty good. It In was a long wait to come out I here. Left you. Yeah, are you all right? Yeah. Ooh, scary. Did you see a spider or something? I did. I saw many a spider. Well, you know, that's your job to kill it. We're, <laughs> we are engaged to each other. We are. We are. Yeah, it's true. We're hilarious stand-up comics. Amazing to look at. Also, this I am the this is my this is the fiance of me. She's the fiance of myself. We're the fiancés of each other. We together. are each other's Jay-Z and Beyonce. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> you guys won't be- I sorry, I my, can you get it? Thank you. Yep. Um You're welcome. I just tell you guys that because I don't want you to think because we're going to talk about our lives, and then sometimes our lives, is, like, we hang out together a lot. It's eerily similar, our and lives. So I don't want you guys to get this weird idea that like all comics live at one house. <laughs> we do. It's an apartment. These ones do. <laughs> yeah, we can't afford two houses yet, but someday. One of these days. We're going to be like Helena Bonham <laughs> Carter and Tim Burton. Do you know they live in the same house? Are they still together? I, I hope so, because otherwise, who's going to love their color scheme? Um, <laughs> to me, they're just like, Two twigs that got married, you know? Yeah. Like, I love those guys. Tumbleweeds. You know. I love those guys. Oh, I love them. It's with love I call them tumbleweeds, you know? Yeah. Not but not but they're not tumbleweeds so much as like a craggy like sure. Like a tree that's talking. A talking tree. A talking spooky tree. With a tumbleweed for hair. Yeah. You know what? I was in I was at over the weekend. Yes. I was in San Francisco. I was at Outside Lands, which is a music festival. I was performing stand-up comedy. Elton John performed after me. Technically, I opened for Elton John. Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Tremendous opening. Like tech, like tech, lo- lo- loosely. Um, <laughs> he was great. He was great. Yeah. But also, I don't know if you guys know this about music festivals, but young people do drugs <laughs> at them. And one thing that Outside Lands did was there was a spooky tree area, creepy trees. What? There was. It Why was just they part do of the that? thing? No, they didn't do that. It was just where the venue oh, was. Oh, I bet it you was meant, already like they trees. made like a spooky tree thing. Yo, what's my spooky tree budget? Where are we at on that? <laughs> Get Helena Bonham Carter in here. <laughs> yeah, they just hire her. She's, she's like, Stan. <laughs> the soap is fat. Right? Isn't that from that movie? Uh, sure. She's in that, right? I guess. When the fight, they fight. I don't even know what you're talking about. Fight Club. Oh, Fight Club. They punch each other? Yeah, is yeah, that's that? Fight Club. She's in I that. only saw it one time. I was like, I hated it. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry to that person. I used to watch it with the commentary on over and over this again. This is how we're that's different. That's how much this is I used how to watch different. Fight Club. 
I yeah. was once a younger man, so yeah. I uh, <laughs> was really into Fight Club. I thought that movie was dumb as rocks. Um, but then again, I love Celine Dion, and I used to have a Kangol Celine Dion uh. hat that I wore for most of high school. So we can't trust me all the time. Still, I miss that hat. Yeah. Um, and we are very different people. Yeah, we're different. We didn't come from the same spot. Not at all. We came from two different vaginas where our moms are not related. <laughs> It would be chill if they were. Who cares? I don't think we can make a weird baby. <laughs> I mean, we're going to make a weird baby anyway. Our baby's <laughs> yeah. going to be super weird. But... Yeah, but that's just because we're going to seek out a, a weird sperm donor. Sure, yeah. Like, what's it, what's it, what are you up to, Tim? Burton. I'm talking about Tim Burton. Got it. Um, oh, yeah, so there's spooky trees just naturally at the venue. Yeah. And what the outside lands did was they made, they, they uh, hired or created these giant eyeballs and they put them in Wait the trees. You're saying they eyeballs? hired or created large eyeballs. Because yeah, like I maybe just want everyone in this out room of work eyeballs. to think about a giant eyeball getting ready in the morning with a tie. <laughs> just or at, a power at, suit. There are female the giant eyeballs office, as well. Just like, oh, and I'm there's like, no I'm going to get this. I'm going to um, get this job. Putting a briefcase in, sitting down, waiting. I'll just have the coffee. Thanks. <laughs> Uh, yeah there was eyeballs hanging in the trees and I was like this is a hilarious prank that you're playing on all the kids that are taking drugs oh yes because when you actually put eyeballs in trees then you're just like ha ha yeah there are but those kids don't know you know yeah they have no idea a lot of psychedelics I thought I saw eyes in the trees well you did (laughs) did those trees have eyes the hills have trees. The hills have trees have eyes. Oh, boy. So, <laughs> oh, you know what else I was going to say is that right before the show, right before, during the last show, when we walked in here, you oh, were yeah. somewhere else. You had gone to get coffee. Yes. And I walked in here backstage. There's a big step up there. And I have been walking into the backstage mm-hmm. area in this theater oh, for two years. Are you talking about the step that says step up? Yeah, it's like, it? it's like, look out. It says big step up. There's two giant the eyeballs and they yeah. blink at you. They're like, watch out. I fell down so hard. <laughs> all the way. I fell all the way down. And there was a show going on. I fell down so hard that the people on stage were like, we think she's okay. <laughs> the curtain was pulled so nobody could see who for it sure, was. Yeah. But just somebody, they heard like, boom, 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 boom. So many. I fell all the way down. Did you bounce back up and then fall back down yeah. again? You fell, then got to standing again. We're like, whoa, go back. Oh, again. I fell so hard, and it made me think of the last time that I fell down. Yes. Um, are you guys all thinking of the last time you fell down? <laughs> we all have. We all. Do you remember the last time you fell down? I don't. You don't? Oh, so- sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't mean to... Step on your perfect life. <laughs> you remember the last time you fell down? What'd you fall down? I remember the last time she fell down. You remember? <laughs> <laughs> yes! <laughs> She's killing it. <laughs> When's the last time she fell down? She slept and fell at work. She slept and fell at work. Oh, you laughed like a lot. Yes, yeah, like it was maybe like bad. <laughs> what do you do for a living? I worked at Starbucks. You worked at Starbucks. Yeah. Oof. Do you remember that now? That she brought it up. <laughs> Did you? Was it that you hit your head so hard that you? Hit my ego. So hard. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, wipe that right it, clean. Was the Starbucks open? Oh no, it was closed. Oh, okay. Phew. Yeah. Just my coworkers. 
Yeah, all right, no problem. And you're in no major, like you didn't slide directly under a coffee machine as somebody was emptying steaming coffee. No, you're chill? Okay. No, that sounds fine. I'm not, I, don't, I don't feel bad laughing at all. That's great. Um, <laughs> the last time I fell down, I was doing this big benefit show. And everybody else on the show was... 1,000% more famous than I am. I am pretty famous. So we're talking about famous. Really famous. <laughs> Who's on the show? Do you remember? You were there. Brad Garrett. Ray Romano. Ray Romano. Like uh, famous in like a different, like the, Bill where they Bellamy. had a show with their name in it for like Bill years. Bellamy. Was yeah, Bill on the Bellamy show. was on the show. Which was like, He was super shit. nice. Yeah. Um, he was great. Uh, yeah, Rob Riggle. Like just like, yeah. He, comics that are 10 years or 15 years older than me and way more exp- I was the only woman on the show and I was like the only one who's never had like that we don't know whether or not people love me like does sure. everybody love her we're not sure um, <laughs> we, can't be, we can't be sure and so I was walking on stage and this, there was a full staircase full set of stairs from like another level and the way that the venue was positioned one corner of the audience could see these stairs and nobody else. So it's like 80% of the audience can't see the stairs. 20% of the audience can see the stairs. And uh, everybody has paid a lot of money to be there. It's a very fancy event. They go, ladies and gentlemen, Cameron. J.B. Smoove yes. goes, ladies and gentlemen, Cameron Esposito. New comic. Getting out here really trying her stuff. He said that. And then I started down the stairs and then I fell down all of the stairs. All and of them. then I got up and walked on stage and took the microphone from him. And I love thinking about the experience that these people were having. Because I crushed. Like, it was a great set. Like I yeah. actually, I, I murdered and I did really well. And like because things were stacked against me, I achieved. You know, like, sure. it was great. But these people were like, this, this comic's pretty good. And th- that section was like, she must be really hurt. Like, <laughs> I just like to imagine all of them just shaking, like, whoa. Oh my God, we should, <sighs> should take her to the hospital. <laughs> but the mess thing was, I told my dad about it. You know, my daddy's a small Italian crying dad. Small Italian crying dad? Yeah, he's like, oh, I love you, Puria, and I love you too, he cries. Um, all the time. He cries all the time. He's crying right now. Yeah. He, he hates it when I say that he cries all the time. But then he's like, it's all right. And he, cries. Yeah. he cries his way back out of it. Yeah. He's a small Italian crying dad. So I told my dad, oh my God, I fell down all the whole set of stairs. Then like two weeks later was the Oscars. Do you remember when Jennifer Lawrence fell receiving her Oscar? The second that happened, I got a text from my dad that was like, you're just like Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah. <laughs> Old Hunger Games over here. <laughs> dad's though you know yeah. well my dad your dad would be you have a different kind of dad yeah I got a different experience of a dad <laughs> my dad would be like did you fall today <laughs> no well just, it's gonna happen soon <laughs> just on any day <laughs> just every day just yeah, like well if you didn't fall today it's probably gonna be tomorrow your dad's real tall he's a real tall uh, not crying Ohio dad yeah not crying Ohio, Ohio dad he collects motorcycles Kind and of, yeah, guitars. Well, both. They're basically the same thing. I didn't mess that up. He does both. What if, what if, I, what if I was like, no, it looks like it's like you hold it. Yeah, like they make noise. Like, 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 
motorcycle. Like, it's like, you know, you know like Fender makes them, like, Fender makes the best motorcycles. <sighs> Rhea, does yeah. he have a motorcycle? He has a motorcycle. Has he had other motorcycles in the past? Yes, but he's never had more than one at once. Okay, because he sold it to get another one? To get another one, yeah. Did you ever have a motorcycle when you were a kid? I had a little mini bike. Yeah, that's cool. How old were you when you had a mini bike? I think I was eight. Yeah, I mean, like, look and what I'm up against. And a go-kart! Look what I'm yeah. up against. <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah. I mean, I'm wearing this shirt. So. Were you playing with knives at that age? <laughs> yes, actually I was. The first Safely. <laughs> That's true. You're really good with knives. I am really good with knives. She has them all the time, and then she and then sometimes I use a knife, but then I have to say, will you please close this? <laughs> yep. That's the scariest part. I came home the other day. She was trying to get a can of salsa open with scissors. <laughs> However you're picturing that is absolutely accurate. <laughs> Whatever you think, yep, that's what she was doing. We should have and I said later on in the evening, I was like, look, never do that again. <laughs> I never want to see you do that again. Well, I'm not terrific at opening things. <laughs> no, you're not. I've never seen a human being try to use scissors to open a jar before. <laughs> taken scissors, stabbed the top of the salsa container to break the airtight seal. No. And then slowly Usually I take the jar and go ting, ting, ting on the counter and turn it over and then pop it right off. But you're forgetting that I use scissors for everything. Yeah, absolutely. Except for cutting paper. Then you're just like, ah! Like your teeth. That's actually true. Yeah, you don't use scissors for their intended purpose. Use scissors for pizza, for crying out loud. That is ridiculous. That's the best way to cut pizza. (sighs) If you're not using scissors to cut pizza, you're wasting your life. If you're not using scissors to cut pizza, (laughs) you're probably using a pizza cutter. This is Cameron Esposito. (laughs) Yeah, she saved my life that day. Someone saved my life on that day. That's that old John song. You know. Guys, we got a great show for you. Rio was great. We're great together. God, are we funny. It is your first time to put your hands together, and whenever it's somebody's first time on the show, we go extra crazy. We welcome them very hard. Are you guys ready to do that? Do you have it? Are you, are you, are you there? Are we there? Did we get? Yeah. Well, please, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the stage, Joelle Johnson. Give it up for Joelle. Give it up for those beautiful lesbians, yes. I feel like mine and Cameron's hair should have a baby. I've never wanted to have sex with somebody's haircut before. It's a strange feeling. Oh, I love Los Angeles. I love coming back. I moved back to the East Coast. I used to live out here, though, so I lived on Melrose and La Brea. So if I say that to a white person, they'd be like, oh, buy pinks. And if I said it to a black person, they'd be like, oh, the Hot Wing Cafe, right? <laughs> Hot Wing Cafe, yes. 
I love living out here. One thing I don't like is I'm, you know, I'm a Jersey girl, born and raised, so I'm, I'm an East Coast girl. I like to wear clothes. I like to be covered up. Um, I'm also a never nude, so. <laughs> You're liable to see me having sex in a burqa. I don't get naked under any circumstances. Uh, so it's weird to me, like, for some reason, I've been having a lot of conversations with chicks with their titties out for some reason recently. I don't know why I'm the mark. Um, this recently happened, obviously, in a gym locker room, but I wasn't prepared. Because um, well, her, her boobs were very large. They were, um, they, they were like, they were like, your back hurts, right? Like those type of titties. And they were just out, and she, she wasn't even having like good titty out conversation. She was talking about her boring ass job. That's not appropriate titty out conversation, people. If your boobs are gonna be, I don't wanna hear something like interesting. We can talk about the Playboy Mansion. We can talk about the grotto at the Playboy Mansion. We can talk about Studio 54. We can talk about cocaine. Um, we can talk about Grand Theft Auto V. We can talk about uh, the movie Blue is the Warmest Color. The song Closer by Nine Inch Nails. I don't wanna talk to you about your job while your titties are out. Very awkward. Um, I'm an awkward person, and I, I like to see. Um, I want to date people that I, I try, but I get a red flags early. And like when I try to meet a guy, I get the red flags really early. Um, I had a situation recently, like before I moved back to the East Coast. This happened in Los Angeles. I met this dude on a movie set. I was on Santa Monica Beach. You know, you're on the beach. There was no eye candy. I'm not hard to please people, okay? Uh, I could be at an old folks home and be like, Floyd was a banger back in the day, I can tell. Not gonna let those high waters fool me. I don't like vision is what I'm saying. So there's one day there was no eye candy until like two hours into the set day. This gorgeous black dude walked onto the set. Now, he was late, but he was black. Um, and immediately we hit it off. We just start talking and everything is great. And like we're the same age, he didn't have any kids. He loved his mother, he went to college. I was like, jackpot. <laughs> then the red flag started popping up. Red flag number one, at the end of the day, it was like a nine hour day. He was like, can I get a ride home? <laughs> All right, that's not too much of a red flag, but we were in Los Angeles, and he tried to blow some smoke on my ass. He was like, I'm, I'm gonna get like, you know, BMW or Mercedes next week. I was like, pause, if he was gonna get a BMW or Mercedes, you'd at least have a Ford Focus rental right now. <laughs> I'm not stupid, I went to college. I didn't wanna bruise his ego, so I was like, all right, I'll give you a ride home. Red flag number two. Can we stop by my boy's house real quick and pick up my bag? Bird. You asking me for a favor on top of a favor I haven't even finished yet. <laughs> You're lucky I haven't got laid in a long time. <laughs> Let's go. We drive from Santa Monica Beach, California to downtown Los Angeles in rush hour traffic. Oh yeah, people, I was bugging. Get to the building, he goes upstairs. Red flag number three, I'm on the phone with my mother, realize I've been on the phone with her for 25 minutes. I was like, whoa, bitch, gotta go, click. <laughs> I called him up, I was like, dude, what's going on? He's like, I'm coming downstairs. 
Red flag number four, he comes downstairs uh, with a bag and a girl. I can't hear them, they're across the street, but they're arguing, right? And he was black and she was black, and all I see is her doing motions like this. <laughs> We all know black women, uh, there's only one or two situations happening. Either one, she's cussing the motherfucker the fuck out, or she's praise dancing the Lord. Um, I figured it was the former of those two situations. So I called him again and I was like, yo, like it's time to go, can we leave? Red flag number five, he says to me, yo, I wanna punch this bitch in the face. What? Oh. <laughs> Even if you want to punch a bitch in the face, you don't say that to the bitch you just met. <laughs> and I was confused, I'm a comedian, I'm also an asshole, I was like, are you kidding? Like, what's going on? He was like, oh, I'm just kidding, I'm coming, all right? So they come across the street, my car is parked, the car, everything all right over there? Is the sky falling, Chicken Little? You guys good? Okay, drywall, all right. Drywall fell on a black man's shirt, oh shit. So <laughs> shit's about to blow up. <laughs> he sounds like Shaft, that's amazing. Um, <laughs> let me finish the story. So, all right, he said he go punch the bitch in the face. So, he comes across the street, her car's parked behind mine, I'm in the front seat of my car doing my lip gloss in the rear view mirror. They're still arguing, I'm looking in the rear view mirror, all of a sudden I see him ball up his fist, he punches her in the face, he gets out the car, hops on mine, he's like, go, go, go! <laughs> I'm driving the getaway car all of a sudden. My adrenaline kicked in. I was like, oh shit, I better go. This is just a Tuesday for this chick because she automatically recovers. She cuts my car off, gets out the car, downtown Los Angeles, rush hour traffic, Wilshire Boulevard, she starts crip walking. Bitch, get out the car. Bitch, get out the car. Bitch, get out the motherfucking car. I look at the bitch sitting next to me. I was like, bitch, get out my car. This pussy gets out the car, runs down the street, leaves my door open. I think the situation's neutralized. She's still yelling. I said, bitch, get out the car. I talked to her like a hostage negotiator. Why you want me to get out of the car? She's like, because I know you fucking him. I was like, no, nah, I just met him today. She was like, don't no bitch wait for a dude she met today for 25 minutes. I was like, oh, you don't understand. I'm single and lonely. I will wait for a dude I met for 25 minutes. You let dudes punch you in the face. We all have shortcomings we're gonna work on in life. I'll keep mine. My name is Joyelle. Thank you guys for listening to me. Joyelle, you guys, let her hear it. I feel like I wish Joyelle would have been around uh, in a lot of situations in my own life to show me the way. Because one time I got, I accidentally drove into a gunfight at a gas station in my hometown. That's like where I'm from. <laughs> Accidental gas station gunfights. I left a bar and stupidly went to get cigarettes at a gas station, pulled in, nobody there, turned back around from buying the cigarettes, got in my car. All of a sudden all these cars show up, just start shooting into the gas station. I have friends in my car. Everybody goes, go, go, go. I like back up, car pulls up behind me. And I'm like, oh shit, I wheel it around. I'm driving a Chevy Malibu, by the way. <laughs> it's not any 
like Furious 7 type shit. So I'm like doing crazy moves to get out of there because it's sketchy as hell. I'm getting shot at. You know what I mean? Like you realize like, oh, this is a crazy thing to have happen. So that I pull her around. I get out of there. We like zoom out into the street, pull out. Everybody's like, yeah. But there's this one dude in the back that I don't know very well who's like trying to date this girl that I was also trying to date. So we'd been having a Mexican standoff over this. And my friend's like, Hell yeah, that was some serious ass driving you just pulled. And he goes, yeah, it wasn't bad. For a girl. You were being shot at. What I should have said is, bitch, get out the car. That's my whole point. Joyelle, one more time. She was great. This next comic... Uh, you may have seen him on a little show called Last Comic Standing. You may have seen me on that show as well. He was also brilliant. Uh, and it's his first time on the show, so let's give him a big uh, round of applause. You guys give it up for Caleb Sinan, everybody. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I'll uh, tell you a little bit about me. Just realized this the other day. Uh, every woman who's ever wanted to have sex with me has. One hundred percent success rate. <laughs> I'm originally from Royston, Georgia, the home of Ty Cobb the racist baseball player from 1901. Uh, and here's how racist he was. They called him a racist in 1901. You know how racist you had to be? To be too racist for 1901? That means there were Klansmen at the game like, this dude's a dick. What the hell, Ty? That doesn't represent our... My, uh, my whole town has a weird racial thing. Like the elementary school I went to, every day at recess, we played black versus white soccer. That's awkward as hell. Teachers are like, pick your own teams. We're like, all right, black, white, let's go. But the teachers should have stopped us. They're right there. They sat there and watched us lose soccer every day for six years. They didn't say anything. That's racist to them. I didn't even know to be racist. I was just like, man, soccer is hard. <laughs> Sometimes I get a little jealous of how confident racist people are. Because I'm friends with a lot of hipsters with their hats and their mustaches, and they're like, does this personality look cool? Is this, are these clothes going to make people like... Racists don't care about any of that. That's why they live to be 110 and are my grandmother, and they won't die, because there's no stress in their life. They wake up in the morning and go, I don't like them, 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 or them. Woo! I'm going to live another 50 years. The hate's keeping their heart together. It's not a coincidence that the oldest people are the most racist. You ever see a thing on the news where it's like, we're talking to the oldest man alive today. He's 115 and his name's Harold. What do you have to say, Harold? Well, there's just as many slaves in the North as there were in the South. That's all the time we have with Harold. I don't know where the hell that was going. 
Uh, my dad is a preacher. That's pretty weird. Uh, I went to go see him do a set last Sunday. Uh, he's, he's good. He's pretty good. But, you know, I grew up really sheltered, you know. Uh, and, you know, I love comedy, but I don't know how well it ages. I could only watch the old black and white comedy. I, nobody's cursing. I don't know where to laugh. I'm just like, ah, oh, where's the... <laughs> like I was watching one of those old roasts with my dad. It's all in black and white. Dude's up there like, why don't you go to Nebraska and look at a wall? And everybody's like, whoa! <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? Well, they don't even have to tell me But yeah, I was really, really sheltered. Like, uh, we couldn't read Harry Potter. We couldn't Pokemon, whatever it was. <laughs> I still don't know. I couldn't do it. Uh, we couldn't watch Captain Planet because he was a Democrat. And that made <laughs> piss my parents off. I'll save the tree. Fuck that. Like, I got all mad. Here's how sheltered we were. This is the best example. One time after church, my sister had just had her baby. We're all sitting around looking at it. <laughs> Everybody's bouncing it on their leg till it vomits. That's always the only thing that'll happen. Uh, we're all sitting there, and my sister's got the baby on her knee, and she goes, yeah, on the way back from church, I got some roadhead. And everybody makes this face. And she's like, doesn't understand. She's like, what? I was, we're on the way back, you know, in the car, and windows are down, the wind's like, I got all this roadhead. And even my grandma was like, who is going to tell her? <laughs> this is not... Don't shelter your kid. <laughs> I don't know. I, uh, I love my dad. He's like one of my best friends. He, he just found out about memes. <laughs> so we're all going through that at our house. He keeps posting the same one, and it's this picture, and it says, Kids today have iPads. When I was growing up, we had coloring books. Share if you agree. <laughs> agree? <laughs> not calling you a liar, Dad. I believe you had a coloring book. <laughs> oh, kids today got polio vaccines. I don't know. <laughs> Can't wait for my granddad to get Facebook so he can post on there and be like, Coloring books? <laughs> All we had to play with was our dead brother. We didn't have any color book to play with. Share if you agree. Uh, I love my dad, but I just hate whenever my dad calls me on the phone. I don't know how he's been alive this long, has no idea how a phone works at all. Every phone call I've ever gotten from my dad has been like, oh, hey, son, I was thinking maybe later on could go on out over to the park. Maybe <laughs> exactly. My brother's going to be in town or not, but he told me he didn't have his fishing license on him. I was like, hey, don't worry about it. <laughs> anyway, let me tell you what your dog did. She was running through the house. She's about twice as big as she was. <laughs> anyway, your mom's not really talking to me right now, but hey. <laughs> trying to get her to shut up for 20 years. I was like, go ahead and don't call me. I told her that. She didn't think it was funny, but I was like, I'll tell Caleb about it. He can put that in his comment. She got all mad, told me to go sleep on the couch. I was like, I like sleeping on the couch. TV's bigger in there. Got 
into a big old fight. She tried to put kale in my milkshake. I was like, what the hell is kale? I don't know. I think kale's part of Obamacare or something. I think it's kind of You know, there's just as many slaves in the North as there were in the South. <laughs> That's it for me, guys. Thank you very much. Caleb Sidon, you guys. Let him hear it. We're just going to keep the show right on rolling. The next guy is a friend of mine. He's real funny. He has an EP out on All Things Comedy Records, I think. Anyway, you can find it. You guys give it up for John Schauble. Yeah. <laughs> give it up for Rhea Butcher, guys. Hey, Cameron. I feel like I'm the inverse of Rhea's entire outfit right now. Just uh, plus the hair. That's most of it. <laughs> I'm like the Wario version of her. Ha <laughs> 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 Wario. Uh, that is a reference that some of you may not get if you are 25 or above. Okay, thank you. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, God, I'm so jealous of the hair that was on the stage here earlier. God damn it. Um, I feel really bad about the top of my head because I went to go visit my family recently and guess what? They don't leave you two seconds before they say, you sure have lost a lot of hair up there. Thanks, Uncle Paul. I fucking know, okay? Like, what? You don't think that I know? A Greek barber once described this cut as not enough peanut butter to cover the bread. So yeah, I get it. I know what's going on. I understand that I look like Bert from Sesame Street that grew up in a foster home. I get it. I'm uh, very aware. I, more closely than anybody, monitor the peak amount get no pussy up here. So yeah, I understand. It's been a very dry season and most of the snow has blown off of the top of the mountain and settled in this region right here. Which nobody said was going to happen in health class. Wish they would have. I, I just wish that one day we were talking about condoms in class and I would have just been like, whoop, quick question before we start that. Is all of the hair going to fall off of my head and then land on my back in kind of an angel wing pattern and then as I get older, trickle down like a waterfall down to my buttocks? And then my, uh, my health teacher would have been like, yeah. I'm sorry. Well, guess we don't need to do the condom talk anymore because I'll just never have sex again if that's cool with you. That's fine. I remember the first time that I realized, I knew that I was going bald, but I, the first time I realized someone else knew I was going bald is I was walking by this wig shop and this old Russian woman was smoking out front. She goes like this. She sees me coming down the street. She's like... <sighs> The rudest way to break a man's spirit, I'll tell you that much. The rudest way to hurt a gentleman's feelings. <laughs> oh my God, my friend, I have been in war-torn country. Your head, worst thing I've ever seen. Every time, ever in my entire life. I wish, God, I just, I had the most bitchin' hair when I was a kid, and now I just lost it, just gone. Like, I grew up in the 90s. Anyone else? Sure you did. You got the Wario reference. You got it. <laughs> I just, like, when I was nine years old, I had, God, I had this six-inch rat tail just flowing down the back. Oh, God. It was like I was on a motorcycle, but there was no breeze blowing. You know what I mean? And then, uh, to pair that off, I had four-inch bangs just sweeping down the front. Oh, my God. It was like I was born in a NASCAR passenger seat. God, it was beautiful. So beautiful. It was like party in the back and then business inside the house. And then the party had spilled out 
onto the veranda <laughs> where everyone was drinking hard iced teas in a summer haze. I do declare your bangs are giving me a case of the vapor. <laughs> the only accent I do and it's not very good thank you it is of a Jewish vampire thank you uh, <laughs> um, I don't know if I've said uh, a boot about 17 times during this but uh, I'm originally from Canada thank you okay, thank you no no it's okay it is a country sure and uh, I've been here for three years now, and uh, it's been really fun to watch the country change. There's a lot of stuff that's going on that's not great, but there are some great things that's going on. Um, it was amazing to be here when they passed the same-sex marriage law countrywide. Like, that's insane. That's so beautiful and so great. Okay, cool. So nobody agrees. It's just a bunch of... Okay, no? Uh, <laughs> Just forcing applause breaks. We counting that? Count that down, please. You just mark it on the whiteboard. Thank you. Um, I, this is the thing: is like I'm so pro same-sex marriage, but at the same time, I'm gonna miss homophobes because they say the funniest shit I've ever heard in my entire life. Like everything they say to combat same-sex marriage, I'm just like, that is a funny bit. That's good. Oh no, you believe that? You're a monster. You're a human monster. My top two, I think, are number two is when people are like. How am I supposed to explain this whole thing to my children? Okay, angry woman, here's what you do. Um, next time your child is on the floor and they are playing with that toy where you put like a round peg into a round hole, just uh, flip the toy over, put the peg in the back of the hole, and say to your child, this is also acceptable. Like, what? <laughs> like, I don't understand. They're like, do I have to smash a bunch of Barbies together? You don't, okay? So just settle down. It's <laughs> a verbal conversation about broad strokes tolerance. So let's just cool out, all right? Number one, though, my favorite thing, and I've heard this so many more times than you think that you would, is when people are like, if we let a man marry another man, what is to stop that man from marrying their own dog? <laughs> Why do you say that like that's not the most fun day of your entire fucking life? Are you kidding me? Like, to watch a man marry his own Bichon Freeze, that is number two and three on my current bucket list right now. The most decadent affair of the social season, I will tell you that. Like, just imagine sitting, like, in a church in a field somewhere, and then, like, two barn doors open, and a bunch of doves fly out, and the doves are friends with the dog, I guess as per the animal kingdom. And then like a dog in a tuxedo links arms with a younger dog in a tuxedo and then walks up to the altar to Lady Gaga. And then when the dog gets there, the wedding party is a cat, a cat, and an iguana. Oh my fucking God, are you kidding me? It's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my entire life. If I got an invite in the mail and it was like, you're inviting to the wedding of Ted and Spaniel Day Lewis. Yeah, <laughs> you know I'm gonna go. And you know that I'm bringing that great Dane in my building as a plus one. Cause she's been my number two bitch for a while, but it's time to step it up, you know what I mean? <laughs> I'll leave you guys on this one. This is an open request to all independent coffee shop and cafe owners. Nobody wants to steal your goddamn bathroom key, okay? <laughs> Nobody wants it. I don't know who hurt you in the past. Uh, maybe your dad left to go get cigarettes at one point and then stole the bathroom key. What a monster he was. So you don't need to put it on a paint stir stick or a canoe paddle or another toilet seat. 
The worst is every time I go back to Canada, I walk into a place and they have it on a full-size hockey stick. I fucking hate you so much. Just walking around this cafe with a bran muffin in one hand and a full-size goalie stick in the other hand. Just being like, do you know what the Wi-Fi is? I'm going to be in there for like forever. Do you know what the Wi-Fi is? Have you guys ever tried to open the door with the key on the end of a hockey stick before? Me neither. I just shit in a plant and I take off through the back. It's the old Canadian dump and run, guys. If you didn't piss off the queen, you could be using it too. All right, guys. I've been John Chabal. Thank you guys so much. Please give it up for Camaria. Thank you so much. Keep going for John. Yes. Absolutely. Rhea and I have a dog, but we're not going to marry him. Um, consent. That's what, that's why. I do feel like, um, one thing that has been that was a weird little laugh. It sounded like it was piped in from another room, didn't it? <laughs> Did someone put like a bunch of Halloween toys in the audience? <laughs> Remember the one hand that comes? Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, you like put a quarter and it's like, I'll take that. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah. Consent, right? That's one of the main reasons. Um, also, I'm not, I'm not into my dog, but it's mostly consent. Um, I don't want, did she, it seemed like she was into her dog. No, it's mostly consent. I feel like that's an interesting, well, also, I mean, and then the thing about kids, when you're like, ah, I gotta protect the kids, you like, there's so, I mean, you know, I don't know what you guys think this came from, but um, I didn't spring fully formed from the forehead of gay Zeus. <laughs> There are little gay kids. <laughs> That's why you should tell kids that gay people exist. Because the little gay kids are like, Oh, I, I get it! <laughs> I was raised in the suburbs of Chicago. I wore a coonskin cap seven days a week. <laughs> Do you know how helpful it would have been if somebody was like, Listen, there might be a reason for all this. <laughs> that would have really helped me out. <laughs> Consent is also, um, as people are talking about Cos, as people are talking about Bill Cosby, um, and and what a terrible person he is, which we can all agree, he is. <laughs> One thing that's interesting to me about it is that we are not talking in like larger larger strokes about how oh, I shouldn't have said strokes. We're not talking in like larger. <laughs> We're not talking about the larger scheme within which he exists, within which his situation exists. You know, because I don't know if you guys have read the transcript of his deposition, but he's like, she didn't say she didn't love it, and I gave her a little something to make it easier for her to get, like, to have a great time. And I feel like that, those things are actually something I've heard a lot from dudes. Um, and I, I also think that something, as women, that we internalize, especially the, like, she's just got to relax. 
and she's gonna love it. I mean, I, I went through that myself. When I was in college, there was a guy that I did. Can you turn my mic down just a little bit? It's just hot. Thank you so much. When I was in college, there was a guy that I was dating. Um, and by dating, I mean, uh, he would get me very drunk. I would try and run away from him. And then he would find me where I was and make out with me. Now, here's the thing. <laughs> I don't think that he should have thought that that was an ideal relationship. <laughs> like, I didn't 100% know what was going on with me. I didn't 100% know I didn't ever want to date men again. I was starting to date women, but I was at a college where um, I could have been kicked out of school for being gay. Sexual orientation was not included in the non-discrimination policy. I could have been kicked out. So I was like dating a woman on the, on the down low and then dating men publicly. And then this guy was one of the dudes I was dating. And I understand why I thought that it was okay to force myself to be with him. Because I grew up in a Catholic tradition where I didn't know that gay was a thing you could be. So I didn't recognize it in myself. I just thought like all women just like were really close to their female friends and wanted to have sleepovers with them in the same bed and then put on each other's boyfriend's football uniforms and tackle each other. That was my experience. And I thought that's how all women felt. And if you read like Cosmopolitan magazine, that doesn't say it's not true, right? I mean like most articles in there are like how to give an amazing blowjob and never be satisfied yourself. Like there's no articles. I didn't masturbate until I was 27. Because I didn't know that that was, thank you for your audible face. <laughs> what? I didn't know that was something women could do. Like, I seriously didn't. I didn't know that was something that we were supposed to be into. I didn't know women had a sex drive. Like, because it, sex, our, my sex, was something to keep away from men. It was something to protect, like a little fortress. And then if you get to, and also, especially being raised Catholic, like, if you don't have sex before marriage, that just means you are a good Catholic. Like, I just thought, I was a really good Because <laughs> I was like, I don't even want to. <laughs> in my sex education was, we watched an abortion in class. In my religion class. We split gym and religion. To do... <laughs> It was the same class, it was the same period in the day, gym religion. That's how it was on your report card. <laughs> and some days we would roller skate, and some days we would learn about sex by watching an abortion. And now that I'm in the entertainment industry, I also know that the abortion that we watched was like very badly filmed. <laughs> like it was like shot from below and with like special effects coming in. <laughs> And we weren't taught about condoms, we weren't taught about contraception, we weren't taught about any way to prevent this. We were just like, this will happen, it'll be terrible, you'll feel awful, <laughs> your life will be over. Okay, now get back to roller skating. Like that's, my relationships, I didn't know I was supposed to want to have sex. And so I was with this guy, and he would get me drunk, and then like I guess I'd sort of want to have sex, because like, I couldn't get away. Yeah, I mean that's exactly right. But I think this is true for a lot of women, not just me. I think a lot of women have had this experience where we've been with a guy and we're so worried about crushing this dude's feelings that we let things happen to us. And that is a real 
thing too. It's a real, yes, I feel like you wanted to clap just then or something. Oh, no, you're not in favor of what I'm saying. <laughs> I feel like you want to clap this one. No, do you, do you believe what I'm talking about is true? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's, what if, I love that you're, I just, then I'm like turned to a guy. I'm like, do you believe this? And you're like, no, I don't believe this. And then I'm like, get him, you know? And you guys are all like. <laughs> we are taught that men are so powerful. We are taught that men have ruled the world since time began. And we are taught that like women are inching our way up. And we are taught that like men are drafted for war and like women stay home and make more babies. Like we are taught that men are strong. So why are we so worried about dudes' feelings? It's like the only thing we're worried about, about dudes. We watch boxing. We will watch two men try to kill each other with their bare hands. But just the concept that somebody could not want to have sex with you, we feel like that's too much. And I feel like that's what needs to change for this entire thing to make any sense. Thank you, that lady. I mean, women, we get rejected all the time. If you have an Instagram account, you've been assessed pretty much on every level as a person. <laughs> Not just your interests, but also like the outfit that you're wearing, and maybe your ass is a little fat. <laughs> women spend our whole lives being judged as we walk down the street. And then like if we're a little bit too precocious, then we're put in our place. And if we're not precocious enough, then we don't get a raise. <laughs> and dudes, dudes deal with none of this? I mean, I, I know that we are strong. I know that we have babies, we grow them in our bodies, and we push them out of our bodies, using our bodies, and that's fucking crazy. <laughs> we push them out of a hole very small in our bodies. It gets bigger, but like not big enough. <laughs> so I know that we're tough. But I guess what I'm saying is that I also believe, I am a lesbian. I, I could just decide that I give no fucks about you. <laughs> Literally and figuratively. <laughs> As a lesbian, I could just abandon men altogether. But I like people and I believe in you. So that's what I'm saying to the other women in here, the women that do sleep with men. And the dudes that sleep with men, too. I believe in you. I believe in the dudes in this room. I believe there are men in this room who could casually, at a bar, have a woman or a man say, I'm not interested in having sex with you, and they could still go on and live a good life! <laughs> that is meninism, by the way is believing that men are tough enough to survive like one or 18 rejections and still like go to work. Oh, did you hear about Alan? Yeah, he quit. Oh, he went to a bar last night. Gail said no, just casually. 
I believe in you. We should believe better of men, and we should teach men to be better and to live to that standard, and that is what I fucking believe. I mean, I think what I like about myself best as a comic is that I'm raw. <laughs> Political. And I'm making all this up on the spot. So, I mean, <laughs> couldn't be more impressed with myself. <laughs> we got two comics left, and both of them are awesome. This next comic, she is visiting L.A. I love her stuff. I really, really do. I'm so excited for you guys to get a chance to see her perform. Let's hear it right now for Maggie May. Guys, give it up for Maggie. <laughs> going for Cameron, everybody. Back clapping my ass off. She's 100% right. Oh, guys, so I uh, just got off the plane, so you guys are getting my Suzanne Summers three-way poncho. <laughs> A little bit weird. But this is how I dress. This is how I always dress. I have a unique sense of style. I like dressing like a comic book character just a few pages before she realizes she has powers. You know? <laughs> I like dressing like a five-year-old whose dad has her for the weekend. <laughs> That's my look. That's who I am. Uh, people usually, they'll call me like quirky or interesting. Uh, they call me sassy a lot. That word doesn't have a definition, and I know that because I looked it up in the dictionary because I'm lonely, ho! <laughs> so look it up, and sassy means saucy. What's that, right? Look up saucy, that means pert. What's pert? That's a shampoo. Look up pert. <laughs> Definition is sassy, you guys. <laughs> That's an Illuminati level of deception right there is what that is. But even though there's not a clear definition, we all know what the word means, right? Like they just can't put mm-hmm in the dictionary. <laughs> this is not a definition. You can't put that in a Merriam-Webster sanctioned book. Uh, but I got called sassy a whole lot when I was growing up. I was the only black kid. I'm from the Rio Grande Valley. Um, no one was really racist to me or anything. They were super pumped to have a scary spice for their little skits. <laughs> it was in all of the talent shows. And I feel like they were too busy being racist to their own respective races. Like, self-racism is a big thing. I don't know if you guys noticed this. Like, I have noticed. Do you guys know the derogatory term for a white girl is white girl? Y'all heard this? Like, my white sisters in the audience, listen up. If someone white calls you a white girl to your face, that's not your friend, okay? They're, they're making fun of you. That's a shots fired situation is what that is. Also, if they're calling you that, you should maybe put your shoes on. You're in public. Quit doing white girl stuff. You are at a bank, not Coachella. Let's calm down. Calm down. But uh, no one was really racist to me, and I'm using the word racist correctly because that word is so misused. I always hear two really wrong definitions for that word. First definition I hear is anything that even mentions the word black is potentially racist. Like I'll overhear people having a conversation, they'll be like, well, I don't even like black pepper. Ooh, is that racist? <laughs> well, it wasn't before. <laughs> 
unless you're referring to half of the group that's saying push it as black pepper. <laughs> Don't even do that. Second definition I hear for the word racist, people will use that to describe when a white person does black people stuff. How is it racist for a white person to do black people stuff, but it's not racist to think that there's black people stuff? <laughs> okay, while well, you guys' white guilt is on the fence, I'm going to go ahead and continue. Um, <laughs> Like, any time people talk about, like, black people stuff or acting black, it's always the same thing. I've noticed this. It's always, like, jive-talking, pimp-walking, neck-rolling, snap stick. It's some stuff you would see on a McDonald's commercial. Like, <laughs> nobody ever says, like, oh, man, she came up with 200 uses for the peanut? She's acting black. <laughs> Now, if you didn't get that joke, you need to dig into Black History Month next time it comes around, okay? Yeah, peanut butter was us, huh? <laughs> I mean, not me personally, but people with my skin tone and curl pattern, we fixed your jelly sandwiches, so you are welcome <laughs> for that. Yeah, but no one was really racist to me. Um, it, it's funny, like, and I noticed that. It's funny the things that you notice when you're, like, actually paying attention. Uh, like, you'll notice things like not all inspiring phrases are actually inspirational. You know? I know you all heard this one. Dance like no one's watching. You know, someone's probably put it on your Facebook wall with butterflies trying to inspire you to greatness. It's not inspiring at all. Like, that phrase literally says, hey, you should be yourself. But in private. <laughs> no, like you should be yourself regardless of who's there. Like regardless of who's watching, that is the point. They should change that phrase. And I think they should change it to dance like you are not the father. Because <laughs> none of you guys know a more uninhibited dance. <laughs> than the one that follows the fact that a national television audience saw that you're not paying child support. <laughs> yeah, self-racism, that's real, that's a big thing. Um, I was at a restaurant with a white friend of mine and we saw one of her white friends and I was like, okay girl, you know, who is your friend? He's kind of cute. She looked at me like completely seriously. He's like, no, Maggie, no. He is not cute, he is white trash. Like, she said that just because the dude had a black eye and warrants and stuff, but whatever. You don't know him. That might not even be his gun. And uh, she didn't know me either because I was not a deterrent. Are you kidding me? I watched all the Sons of Anarchy. I'm into it. Are you kidding me? I like that look on a dude. Like, I like a guy who would never hurt me. You know, he would never hit me. But it looks like it might could. That's my idea. Like, I could call the police, they'd be like, this dude? Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> and besides all of that, I heard that white trash boys know how to fuck <laughs> up your credit. Tear it up. And I got some girlfriends working their way out of crippling credit card debt because their man had a Trans Am, but <laughs> looks like it's building character, so... <laughs> I'll leave them hosed to it. Yeah. I, I uh, before I leave, I've just got to say, like, I uh, a lot of my friends put too much stock in like body type and everything like that. Like, just be who you are. 
love yourself, whatever. Like, I hear people say out of their actual mouth holes, like, I wish I was skinny. I want to be skinny. It's like, really? I just want to shake them every time and be like, you should not wish you were skinny. You should wish you were attractive. (laughs) So if you're skinny and unattractive, you're a crackhead. Have fun with that. It's not a good look. But if you're big and attractive, shoot, girl, you could be on Basketball Wives. (laughs) Guys, it's been my time. Out of blast. I'm Maggie Bay. I'll see you later. Maggie Bay, you guys. All right, we've made it to our final comic. He is a friend of the show. We love it when he stops by. I, th- I believe he's got two specials on Netflix, so you should check those out. Please give it up for Shane Moss, you guys. Oh. All right. Thank you, guys. I, um, I'm a little out of it. I had, a, I had a lot of psychedelic mushrooms last night. I'm not going to lie to you. I had about four times what you're supposed to take. And I'm just now being like, okay, it's not a cartoon. All right, it's not a cartoon. Got it. Um, that's the thing that's scary to people. Uh, if you've never hallucinated, I understand. The idea of hallucinating must seem completely insane to you. But I understand. Like, I, I eat mushrooms, I hallucinate. Yeah, I might hallucinate, but I know that I am hallucinating. I don't think that it's real. I'm not like, oh my god, the walls are bleeding. It's more like, oh my god, the walls are bleeding. (laughs) This is fantastic. (laughs) It's just nice. It gives you like a fresh set of eyes on things. That's that's important to have. I'll give you a non-drug related example because you don't need drugs to get a new perspective on life. You can travel do things like that, you know, new experiences will do that for you. I, I spent a couple months in Ireland, and so be, you go overseas, and there'll be things like, oh man, why don't we have that? And then there's other things that are like, oh, they are fucking up big time over here. That is a stupid thing. It's always small things, like Ireland, their bathroom sinks have two faucets on them. Just, they've just never questioned it. It's just been that way. The whole, like the kitchen sink, one faucet, you can pick whatever temperature you want at the bathroom sink, how it works, you got one faucet over here, and that is for molten lava. You want to stay the fuck away from that one, okay? And then there's another faucet just as far away as they could put it in the sink, and that is for liquid nitrogen. I don't know how they can afford to have liquid nitrogen on tap all the time. I suppose it will come in handy if the Terminator 2 robots come to attack them and splash a bit of that on them. Freeze them, slow them down for a minute. Don't get too cocky. Job's not done. Now grab the molten lava and finish it. I'm like, all right, do I want third degree burns or frostbite? That's that's my two options. And so when I was out and about in public, I'd use a public restroom. I'd be like, oh, I wonder how the guys wash their hands. What's their secret here? Turns out what their trick is, is that they just don't. There's no one in Ireland washes their hands. Ever just nobody. And so if you want to wash your hands in Ireland, it's like, uh, you just turn on both those faucets and you're just like, all right, no, I can do this. I can do this. You're just washing your hands. Oh, fuck! That's how you wash your hands in Ireland. It's insane. It's not for lack of technology. The shower has one head. Imagine if that weren't the case. 
just one shower head over here, just boiling hot water, then another shower head just as far away as you could put it in the shower, just ice cold. Oh my God! Why would we do this to ourselves? If only someone had a fresh set of eyes through which to see the way we live our lives. And that's why I do mushrooms. Um, it's weird, the stigma. You're not allowed to test mushrooms. I have a podcast. I go around talking with scientists about life. It's called Here We Are. Um, and I, I interviewed a neuroscientist who studies drug addiction. He studied cocaine on rats. I was talking to him about it. And I was like, well, what about psychedelics? What do they do? He's like, we can't test them on rats. There's just like too many loopholes to go through to test psychedelics on rats. Do you know what you can test on rats? Mallets. <laughs> You'd just be like, I wonder what mallets do to rats. <laughs> Boom! Just what I thought. And the government's like, small sample size. You better do that a thousand more times. <laughs> Boom! Gallagher. <laughs> you can't test psychedelics. On rats? I don't, you can test coke on like humans. It's, I almost did a study, uh, it was like 10 years ago, I was a part-time comic, I was looking for a little extra money, I was going through Craigslist, and there's this et cetera section I clicked on. There's all these medical studies that you can do, like, hey, you take this and see if your dick falls off, or stay awake for four weeks straight and see how crazy you go. And then another one, I just clicked on one, I was like, come in for eight visits, we give you cocaine and scan your brain. $300. So I called that up immediately. <laughs> Before someone else got this dream gig. I was like, yeah, I'm super interested in your study. Uh, here's the thing, I don't have all $300 right now. The payment plan. You can give prescription cocaine to people. It's Adderall. That's all it is. I've done both. It's the same shit. You can give that to children. You can give prescription heroin to people. I broke my feet hiking last year, and then I got morphine shot into my body, and immediately I was like, what the fuck? Nah. How can they do this? This can't be legal. This is crazy. I had two broken feet, and I'd never felt better in my entire life. I was just the nicest person anyone's ever met. There's doctors coming in, stuff like, no, Mr. Moss, you have to, this is a very serious injury. You're like, you're going to need surgery. I'm like, what do you need to lop it off? I get it, man. I don't want to make you uncomfortable. This isn't your fault. Like, I did this to myself. Change my idea of that stereotype of like heroin junkies sucking dick, you know? I don't know, it might not be desperation. Maybe we're just doing the nicest thing that you can do for somebody. I like to push it. I like psychedelics. I do, uh, I've done more than most humans. Um, I've just done a bunch. And people are worried about it. They're like, 
They're like, oh, what if we have a bad trip? What do you mean? Like, if you feel bad in a four-hour time frame? You know, like how life sometimes goes? I've had bad years. You're worried about four hours? You might feel a little icky because you learned something about yourself? That's what you're worried about. Most people have $16,000 in credit card debt. That's the average. I'm not worried about curtains getting a little squiggly. <laughs> but if you are, here's a little, uh, a, a little uh, thought experiment I like to use when I'm tripping balls. Because here's the thing. People just take it too seriously. They're like, oh my God, I saw the truth. Nope, you didn't. <laughs> You just had a four-hour experience that was different than what you're used to, so it seemed very salient and important. So this is what I like to do. Imagine, imagine there's a person that's just born, and their brain is, is like they're on an LSD trip their whole entire life. Just their whole life just seems like that. And then one day they're like 30, and someone gives them a pill that brings them to our perception, our reality for a few hours. It would seem just as crazy and important and real and exciting to them. Oh my God, it makes so much sense. It's like there's this system with this hierarchy and there's these things called jobs and there's like a entry level kind of position. And then if you just like show up every day and do the right thing, sure you gotta step on a few toes from time to time, kiss a little ass. And one day, maybe you could be the boss. It's like there's a potential boss man inside each and every one of us. And then it wears off and you got to go back to your dumb reality. Here we are with the swirly carpet again. Hey, Buddha Jesus. Yeah, I know. We have a lot to talk about. Infinity and eternity and all that bullshit. Yes, yes, demon clown. I know we have lots of screaming to catch up on. Thank you guys very much. You're a wonderful audience. I appreciate it. Shane Moss one more time. Shane Moss. Oh, you have been wonderful. Let's hear for all the comics you saw tonight. Everybody. That's Rhea Butcher. This is Cameron Esposito. We're here every Tuesday night. Please enjoy the rest of your night, guys. Thank you so much. Put See you soon. Put your hands together. 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 Put your hands together, put your hands together, put your hands together, put your hands together, get ready to laugh with your hands together, put your hands together, get ready to clap with your hands together, put your hands together. This is Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season 3 has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, Season 3 is a great jumping on point. And we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Fake nuts. <laughs> 
Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen <coughs> me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins yeah. has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Ah, uh, yes. I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. <laughs> Oh, Jesus! I mean, Jazos! <laughs> ruler of the Eighth Circle! And that's just the beginning. Season 3 of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.